A creative person has the ability to invent and develop original ideas. Wisdom is the ability to use your experience and knowledge in order to make sensible decisions or judgments. And if you digest information, you think about it carefully so that you understand it. Welcome to Creative Wisdom Digest Podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany M. Ruffner, and in this daily podcast, we digest God's word as our wisdom to go out and create. I hope that this episode brings you joy and practicality for your creative work. Be sure to follow our podcast so you can be notified of our next episode. Grace and peace wise creative. I am delighted for this time that we get to share together inside of God's living word. And guess what? Today, I'm actually going to be reading from the living Bible. Today, we'll be reading from Proverbs 30 and James chapter 2. So I'm going to go ahead and get into prayer and then we'll get started. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We lift you up higher, Lord. We magnify your holy name for you are so good and you are so great, Lord God. We just pray, Lord, that you continue to guide us. You continue to direct us. You continue to show us, Lord God, in the ways that we should go, Lord God. You show us when we need to love on someone or we need to um, challenge ourselves into uh, going further than we've gone before, Lord God, and not hold back, oh Lord God. You show us, oh Lord God, if we have a selfish motive, or we have the wrong type of things going on in our brain, oh Lord God, in our mind, oh Lord God, which needs to be renewed. We thank you, oh Lord God, that we're showing up right now for our mind renewal, Lord God. We thank you, oh Lord God, that We'll be able to take this into our day so that we can be fruitful and multiply. Lord, I pray, oh Lord God, for each creative that is listening. I pray, oh Lord God, that their ears are edified today, that it falls on good soil so that they can go out and produce more fruit. We give you all the glory and we thank you for it. Even now in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So let's get into Proverbs chapter 30 in the Living Bible. These are the messages of Agur, son of Jekeh, addressed to Ithiel and Ukal. I am tired out, O God, and ready to die. I am too stupid even to call myself a human being. I cannot understand man, let alone God. Who else but God goes back and forth to heaven? Who else holds the wind in his fist and wraps up the oceans in his cloak? Who but God has created the world? If there is any other, what is his name and his son's name? If you know it, every word of God proves true. He defends all who come to him for protection. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Oh God, I beg two favors from you before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may become content with God. And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult. God's holy name. Never falsely accuse a man to his employer, lest he curse you for your sin. 
There are those who curse their father and mother and feel themselves faultless despite their many sins. They are proud beyond description, arrogant and disdainful. They devour the poor with teeth as sharp as knives. There are two things never satisfied like a leech forever craving more. No, three things. No, four. Hell, the barren womb, a barren desert, fire. A man who mocks his father and despises his mother shall have his eye plucked out by ravens and eaten by vultures. There are three things too wonderful for me to understand. No, four. How an eagle glides through the sky, how a serpent crawls upon a rock, how a ship finds its way across the heaving ocean, the growth of love between a man and a girl. There is another thing too, how a prostitute can sin and then say, what's wrong with that? There are three things that make the earth tremble. No, four, it cannot stand. A slave who becomes a king, a rebel who prospers, a bitter woman when she finally marries, a servant girl who marries the husband of her mistress. There are four things that are small but unusually wise. Ants, they aren't strong but store up food for the winter. Cliff badgers, delicate little animals who protect themselves by living among the rocks. The locusts, though they have no leader, they stay together in swarms. The lizards, they are easy to catch and kill, yet are found even in king's palaces. There are three stately monarchs in the earth. No, four. The lion, king of the animals, he won't turn aside for anyone. The peacock, the male goat, a king as he leads his army. If you have been a fool by being proud or plotting evil, don't brag about it. Cover your mouth with your hand in shame. As the churning of cream yields butter and a blow to the nose causes bleeding, so anger causes quarrels. James chapter 2 in the Living Bible. Dear brothers, how can you claim that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, if you show favoritism to rich people and look down on poor people? If a man comes into your church dressed in expensive clothes and with valuable gold rings on his fingers, and at the same moment another man comes in who is poor and dressed in threadbare clothes, and you make a lot of fuss over the rich man and give him the best seat in the house and say to the poor man, you can stand over there if you like or else sit on the floor. Well, judging a man by his wealth shows that you are guided by wrong motives. Listen to me, dear brothers. God has chosen poor people to be rich in faith and the kingdom of heaven is theirs. For that is the gift God has promised to all those who love him. And yet, of the two strangers, you have despised the poor man. Don't you realize that it is usually the rich men who pick on you and drag you into court? And all too often, they are the ones who laugh at Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear. Yes, indeed, it is good when you truly obey our Lord's command. You must love and help your neighbors just as much as you love and take care of yourself. But you are breaking this law of our Lord's when you favor the rich and fawn over them. It is sin. And the person 
who keeps every law of God but makes one little slip is just as guilty as the person who has broken every law there is. For the God who said you must not marry a woman who already has a husband also said you must not murder. So even though you have not broken the marriage laws by committing adultery, but have murdered someone, you have entirely broken God's laws and stand utterly guilty before him. You will be judged on whether or not you are doing what Christ wants you to. So watch what you do and what you think, for there will be no mercy to those who have shown no mercy. But if you have been merciful, then God's mercy towards you will win out over his judgment against you. Dear brothers, what's the use of saying that you have faith and are Christians if you aren't proving it by helping others? Will that kind of faith save anyone? If you have a friend who is in need of food and clothing and you say to him, well, goodbye and God bless you, stay warm and eat hearty and then don't give him clothes or food, what good does that do? So you see, it isn't enough just to have faith. You must also do good to prove that you have it. Faith that doesn't show itself by good works is no faith at all. It is dead and useless. But someone may well argue, you say the way to God is by faith alone plus nothing. Well, I say that good works are important too. For without good works, you can't prove whether you have faith or not. But anyone can see that I have faith by the way I act. Are there still some among you who hold that only believing is enough? Believing in one God? Well, remember that the demons believe this too, so strongly that they tremble in terror. Fool, when will you ever learn that believing is useless without doing what God wants you to? Faith that does not result in good deeds is not real faith. Don't you remember that even our father Abraham was declared good because of what he did when he was willing to obey God, even if it meant offering his son Isaac to die on the altar? You see, he was trusting God so much that he was willing to do whatever God told him to. His faith was made complete by what he did, by his actions, his good deeds. And so it happened just as scriptures say that Abraham trusted God and the Lord declared him good in God's sight. And he was even called the friend of God. So you see, a man is saved by what he does as well as by what he believes. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example of this. She was saved because of what she did when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as a body is dead when there is no spirit in it, so faith is dead if it is not the kind that results in good deeds. All right, so I love reading in different translations because I always end up seeing something that I did not see before. And like I said, I was doing my studying. I did my study in the Berean study Bible um, or standard Bible, the Berean standard Bible, um, the voice Bible. I think the new living translation, I think that's it. And so <laughs> reading it live or not live, but reading it 
here on the podcast, I was able to see something different in the Living Bible. And um, Proverbs 30 made so much more sense when I read it in the Living Bible. And I'm not saying that it didn't make sense before, but I was really sitting there like, what in the world? Like, (laughs) he was like sitting there saying, basically, from, you know, looking at it from a place of humility, right? Um, And I get it. It's just some of the, like, I think one of the translations even said dumb and I was just like, I don't like to think of myself as dumb. But so I literally had to go before God and say, had to take all of that. Like, what's going on? Why do I feel like I'm not dumb? Because that's an offensive term. And so I had to see like what's going on. And I looked at the different translations. And I think that's why I was okay with the Berean standard. The Berean standard said, surely... Um, This is verses two and three. I should say that of Proverbs 30. It says, surely I am the most ignorant of men and I lack the understanding of a man. I have not learned wisdom and I have no knowledge of the Holy One. That one was like, I think the only translation I think, because I looked at a few of them. I think that was the only translation I could actually like digest when I read it. And because I was just like, how do how do you call yourself, you know, so well, some of them say brutish and I don't really know what that means. So I would have to go look that up to look at it. The Passion Translation said, uh, called himself a beast. He said, God, I'm so weary and worn. I'm God, I'm so weary and worn out. I feel more like a beast than a man. I was made in your image, but I lack understanding. I've yet to learn the wisdom that comes from the full and intimate knowledge of you, the Holy One. I actually think that one actually goes out best if I was to choose one. (laughs) And it's not like I'm trying to pick and choose. But if I was to choose one, because it literally talks about because we were made in his image. So for him to feel that way, he's basically expressing like he doesn't feel like he was made by God. Or not made by God, but I don't know. I guess he was just saying how much he's worthless. In the Message Bible, it says, I flunked wisdom. I see no evidence of a holy God. Has anyone ever seen anyone climb into heaven? So he's like basically saying like he's, he's, he didn't say dumb, but he said he flunked. The NLT says I'm too stupid to be a human and I lack common sense. An ESV also says stupid, too stupid. Um, The good news translation says I'm more like an animal than a human being. I do not have the sense we humans should have. I never learned any wisdom. In the voice Bible, it says, certainly I am a stupid man as dumb as an ox. I don't understand the way that most people do. So... (laughs) I could, I can actually relate um, to this proverb and the very beginning of this because there are times where I felt like, how could I mess that up? Or how can I go in circles over and over again? You're going through cycles and cycles that, you know, you know better, right? But just because you have knowledge of something doesn't mean that you're going to actually act it out. 
And I believe that the reason why we are digesting wisdom is so that we can begin to live it out because you don't you don't start living out something the first time that you read it. You have to continue to renew your mind and assimilate, as my coach says, assimilate with the word. You have to spend time with it and so that it really gets deep down in you. And so that's the reason why um, I've been reading wisdom are focusing on these chapters in the Bible each time that I come on this podcast. And although I won't be doing that when we uh, when we're recording in February, it's going to shift somewhat. I'm still going to bring those principles. Um, and like I said before, if you want to go and, you know, do live reading with me, go ahead and subscribe to the Renewal Well on YouTube. But um, I just wanted to share that so that you will all know that this wisdom is something that we need to build, we need to build with. Um, I believe Proverbs 14, the the one that got to me and the Lord just really woke me up. And I think that um, I shared this on an episode before was Proverbs 14 verse 1. And that one says the wise woman builds her house on a foundation of godly precepts and her household thrives. But the foolish one who lacks spiritual insight tears it down with her own hands by ignoring godly principles. This verse stood out to me um, almost not exactly two decades ago, but I think it was about 2009. So hmm, about over a decade. It's about four to 15. It's been 15 years. <laughs> My God, <laughs> it's been 15 years. Wow. That does not seem like 15 years ago. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that verse stood out to me because I felt like I was this foolish one. Um, and I don't know if it stood out to me in that year or after that. I think it was after that. But something happened in my life in 2009. And um, I just, I think I was thinking of myself like this man in the beginning of Proverbs 30, where I was just like, how stupid am I? You know, and I, you know, when I really came into the knowledge of this Proverbs because I didn't really start reading Proverbs until 2010 when I was attending a church and they had this uh, this journaling practice called SOAP where you do the scripture observation application and then prayer and they had us go through Proverbs and that was like my first time really just really going through Proverbs. Even though I read the whole Bible before that, I kind of wasn't really paying attention when I read Proverbs. I wasn't doing like how I do, like I'm doing now. And when I went through that practice with that church, um, I just began to see how wisdom was helpful for me. And... I think that's when that verse stood out. But 
I use the word to tear myself down. And in Romans 8 and 1, I believe it's Romans 8 and 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation. And I know I'm probably quoting it from the King James. <laughs> um, just based off of memory. But God doesn't want us to condemn ourselves with his word. He wants it to want. Yes, it can cut us to make us aware. Right. And in our awareness, we begin to for it to benefit us. We begin to change when we hear it, not condemn ourselves. Romans eight and one in the voice Bible, because that's the one I got next to me, says, therefore, now no condemnation awaits those who are living in Jesus, the anointed, the liberating king. Because when you live in the anointed one, Jesus, a new law takes effect. The law of the spirit of life breathes into you and liberates you from the law of sin and death. So I read verse two as well. And I love the way that that translation or that version actually says it. It says it, it liberates us. It frees us. And so I think when we understand that the word is freedom for us. We can truly, truly begin to uh, allow it to take effect in our lives so that we can become wise. Because I really think like in Proverbs, we learn like if you don't want to learn wisdom, if you trying to get away from wisdom, then you're actually a fool. And the wise person um, will reverence and fear God and if you reverence and fear God then you want to know how you know you want to know about wisdom like we've been looking in James and James has been saying if any man lacks wisdom come to God God is going to freely give you wisdom he's going to freely give you the wisdom to go and so why would you want to continue on in a dark path not knowing where to go in in darkness when God has all the light for you and you can literally like move forward with God's light I'm not I'm not certain like why that would be a thing <laughs> but um let me go ahead and move on I think the other thing I wanted to share before I move on from Proverbs was that I saw from the living bible how at the very end, it says in verse 32, if you have been a fool by being proud or plotting evil, don't brag about it. Cover your mouth with your hand in shame. So basically, if you've been prideful, right, if you have been doing certain things, you've been plotting evil and then bragging about it, you shouldn't even do that. Like you just, shouldn't don't even open your mouth if you've been doing evil right <laughs> if you've been plotting evil doing evil um or being proud about it that's a fool who would do something like that you're bragging about what you got away with <sighs> yeah so anyway i think that's like that that point for the ignorant man and then for james the verse that stood out to me was verse 13 which i'll read in the living bible and then I don't know if what translation I wrote this down from because I didn't write it down. <laughs> so I should have done that. But so the living Bible says, for there will be no mercy to those who have shown no mercy. But if you've been merciful, then God's mercy towards you will win out over his judgment against you. And 
the translation I wrote was there will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. I think that um, I looked at that from a sense of what we what this whole thing with Proverbs we were looking at was like the fool, the ignorant man, um, the ignorant person, I should say, because it's not necessarily um, a man. But if you uh, refuse to humble yourself, if you refuse to humble yourself and walk in humility, you think that you know everything, you're probably not going to show mercy to someone else. And then if you don't show mercy to someone else, then is God going to be merciful to you when he judges you? I'm, that's how I'm looking at it. I wrote some notes down. <laughs> I wrote some notes down. Oh, I also, uh, I went into Job. I don't know if I shared this earlier because I've been talking so long, but I went into Job um, as a result of this study. And I was looking at chapter 38 and God was just asking Job, like, you know, how did you even contribute to creation? Cause you didn't. <laughs> and, Job literally, I guess he got put in his place because even though man was made a little lower than the angels, it does not make man equal to God. Yes, we are seated in heavenly places, right? With Christ, we're his joint heir. But we aren't God. And anybody that thinks they're God or saying that they're God is demonic. Okay. And so, yes, we've been given dominion and authority, yet we can never take God's glory. You know, we have a responsibility um, because of our position to be merciful and then also to give God all the glory, no matter what we do. That includes inside of our creative projects, inside of our creative work, even if we get a, a, an award. I always have to watch how I say that <laughs> even if we get an, an award or some type of trophy or prize we want to make sure that um, God is continuing to get the glory um, inside of our spirit man because you can say it with your lips but feel something different inside and that's how pride comes in and that's it for this week, y'all. I'm going to wrap it up there. I said I was going to start doing some these decrees this week. And so the decree for today, um, we get to decree. And decree, when you look that word up in the Hebrew, you see the word decide. And decide is to cut, is to, to make sure that there's um, a cut an incision between something. So when we decree... We are making a dedicated decision about. So today I decree, I speak noble things that bring honor and glory to my King Jesus. So let's decree that today so that we will continue to put him first. We will continue to humble ourselves and, um, and to glorify him. So if you want to write that down today, I decree. I speak noble things that bring honor and glory to my King Jesus. All right, y'all. You have a wonderful and amazing day. 
uh, get with me on uh, social. You can go find that information by going to the description for this episode. And if you are interested in doing the creative reset each week, go to journal.thecreativesreset.com and you will be um, entered into, well, you'll put your email address in. And then once you get your email, make sure you click the link and it'll ask you to make a copy. And that will uh, help you to start doing your reset each week. All right, you all have a wonderful and blessed day, Wise Creatives.